Welcome to everyone's favorite podcast, It's Reclaimed Audio, with your hosts, Phil Pinsky, Bill Lutz, and Tim Sway. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Reclaimed Audio. This is episode 192 for July 17th, 2019. My name is Phil Pinsky. With me, as always, are the illustrious Bill Lutz and the superb Tim Sway. This week's top Patreon supporters are Make, Build, Modify, Lakeside Woodcrafter, Stu Morrison, The Godfather, Jimmy DeResta, Scott Turner, Greg Mead, Chad Grossclaws, Shane Bronson, Ryan Ridgely, Jeff Shaw, Infinite Craftsman, <laughs> LiquidRC.com, Jim Bashirs, Paul Jackman, The Boys Over It Maybe I've Said Too Much, Creator Nader, Wesley Treat, Rob Ray, and Gangi and Pop Pop Makerspace. Remind me next week we are going to read out the whole list because we got a couple of uh, newbies on board. Yeah, yeah, I was uh, nice. absolutely thinking that same thing, believe it or not. Me too. We're always on the I same I was too. Page. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what, speaking uh, of... of uh, all right. No, go ahead. Say things. I was going to say speak things. Speak over. Um, I'll say things and I'll tell you what I've been up to because it's nothing. That's why I want to say things. So, um, Gangi and Pop Pop, the, 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 so... Greg is an example of, we've said it before, I'll say it again, an example of a maker who's so far beyond compare to what I feel like I can do. He makes me so humbled. If anybody's liked every, anything I've ever made, then I look at the stuff he does, I'm like, wow, that's that's the yeah. real deal. That's He's the prolific. Real deal. Yeah. 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 It's, yeah. It, yeah. It's just wow. So I thought I'd say that. And then um, also, maybe I said too much... Um, uh, Andy Berkey and, and um, Tony Rouleau were on their their latest episode and um, how'd they nail that? I I don't. How they know. get those two? I thought they were our friends. Yeah. So well, I just rearview mirror. That's fine. I, I, yeah, I don't know what else you, to say. You live, you learn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I haven't been making anything. My daughter has been here with me the entire week, and um, we explored the. You know what's amazing is um, seeing what you see every day through somebody else's eyes. You know, because we mm. took her around just some basic things. We went and checked out the schools around here. We went to San Francisco. We went to Oakland. We, you know, went shopping at different places. She's looking at everything with these eyes of, wow, this is so amazing, blah, blah, blah. And, it's, and I had to step back and go, you know what? I really do. As much as I'm irritated with the expense of the Bay Area, it's an amazing place. It really, yeah. really is. You know? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, anyway, kids. Kids are good at that about changing your perspective on things. You know, when you look at you drive by this building every day for thirty years, then your kid looks at it and they're like, "Whoa, look at that building!" And it's like, "Oh wow, I never looked at that building." You know, they're good at that. So yeah, so that's that's all I'm, I've been up to. How about oh. how about uh, you, Tim? Can I just say one thing before I forget it? Uh, oh, write down mm-hmm. this this topic. It's called okay. fresh eyes. <gasps> oh, nice. I nice. like that. That could be next week. Well, what about I fresh feel like we're in the ears? pre-show. Fresh like ears. we're listening to something through somebody else's ears. That's creepy. I wrote that down too, but we won't use that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Timothy Sway, please proceed. Um, I have not been up to much either because we took sort of a last-minute vacation. Uh, we went. We went to the shore. My my wife has relatives that have a cottage on the coast of Rhode Island. And um, we have uh, Nadea is here with us from Spain, and so my wife is like, "Oh, you know what? We had a couple days break between some of her her scheduled trips for her, you know, being here." And uh, so she called, and we were able to get into that cottage last minute. So I was away most of the week there. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but that did give me an opportunity to read. Um, I picked up a couple used books at a uh, used bookstore. I think I was mentioning one of them is about like world changing ideas, but it was 15 years old, so it was like really kind of funny to read because mm-hmm. it was like you know here's a like you know there was like um, one of them was a. The wall wart that you charge your phone with would yeah. have a, like a, a SIM card in it to back up your phone every time you plugged it in, huh. right? Which is a great idea pre-cloud, <laughs> you know, like because yeah. uh, that just none of that technology was there at the time. But there, I also got this other book. It was like um, uh, a thousand instruments from around the world or whatever, and it's just this. It's all sketches and describes different instruments and compares them by category, like because every culture had a drum and every culture had like a fiddle type thing. So there's all these different uh, pictures and and sort of historical things like that, like stuff I never really knew about. And I've studied instruments and music a little bit. And there's some of these things like I knew that that violins didn't always have four strings. Like the the violin that we play now was settled on, you know. But before that, I mean, like every maker is like five, six, seven, nine strings. Everybody made them different, you know. what I mean, for like hundreds of years before things sort of settled and got homogenized. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of neat seeing you just sort of forget about those and seeing some of these different designs and stuff. And I found a little inspiration thumbing through that book at the at the shore it's very interesting cool. i like retro futurology to sort of see like what people thought life was going to be like you'd see those things yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, the future a la the 50s and they'd be like somehow like there'd be like a garburator in the middle of your dining room table and like the whole thing flips up so that all the food falls into the middle yeah you yeah, know yeah. like that kind of weird <laughs> stuff and like with robots yeah. would take care of everything i just i love retro future it's very cool I really it, like it's it. fun to see. Yeah. yeah, I like watching shows that are based on like a decade, like the eighties or nineties, and then they show people watching a movie like Back to the Future. That's kind of cool too. Are you talking about Stranger Things again? You're not supposed to give it away. What? <laughs> I didn't know we were playing a game. Yeah, we're we playing a game. He's he's oh, yes. playing a game. No, no, I, that's what I was talking about. It was like, but it was really cool to watch an audience react to yeah. a movie that I thought was really cool when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, and it was fun too because there was like three le- levels of it because it was a you know, it's yeah. twenty nineteen now and yeah, so yeah. I I too find that amusing. Yes, indeed. As do pretty much everybody else, probably, which is why movies and television shows continue to do that. <laughs> yes. Well, there is like a huge resurgence of eighties pop culture right now. Like I found. In this, in the '90s, the '70s was sure, like in super. Sure, in the '80s, it was the '60s. Yeah, yeah. Right, like there's that sort of cycle, and right now the the '80s is huge, but there's also like a hint of '90s as well. So, but I love the '80s, so I hope it really does stick around for a little bit. Um, I'm on week two of my two week staycation at home, and uh, I was able wow. to get quite a bit done uh, last week. I was able to. Um, well, there, there was in front of my house, you know, you have those rock garden thingies or whatever, right? So mm-hmm. on one side of the walkway, there's like this little plot of earth and it had these like perennial flower bushes things that I've just hated for like the longest time. Um, and I actually found that there was some water infiltration into my garage. So that little garden shares a wall with my garage and uh, there was like a puddle of water and it was coming through the concrete. Because yep. I was able to touch... Anyway, so I asked my... Um, my gardener, I said, what do you, where's this water coming from? What do you think? He's like, well, well one, you've got to get your uh, your gutters cleaned because all the water's spilling right into there. Two, your earth, your soil level's much too high and it's just sort of draining right into the concrete. So I was like, okay. Because it is mildly porous and if there's water leaning against it for weeks, it's going to eventually make its way in. Right. Yeah. So what I did was I called uh, an eaves company and for 95 bucks they come and they clean your eaves. 
and uh, and then but I also dug out a ton of soil and while I was doing it, I was like you know what I hate these flowers so I got rid of them <laughs> and uh, and then I went to the uh, to the flower market and I got a couple of nice perennial bushes they're small now but they will grow and you just trim them but it just looks so much cleaner so I did that the other fun thing I did was I took the address off of my front door and it had been like 40 years. It's brass and it was like tarnished or whatever. I saw so those. I, uh, yeah, good job. It was fun. So I screwed it down to a couple of sawhorses and I went to town on it with my restorer. And then I put that on Instagram. So that was fun. And there, I had a light fixture right next to it. And it was also kind of sort of finicky since, since I moved in. It would like spark. It wouldn't spark. And I guess this was seven years ago and I just took out the light bulb and said whatever but it just means the front of my house is super dark but now that I'm an electricity guy I uh, I just popped it open and as it turns out one of the morettes had slipped off the the hotline so I just that's there's not a lot to light bulbs man no. there's two wires <laughs> three on a good one you know yeah no there wasn't even a ground on this bad boy so I yeah. Uh, yeah so I just I reconnected it and Bob's your uncle so that was fun did I do anything else I don't know you know I what will happen stuff those sockets will just wear out, so like everything will be connected and they just won't work. But they're like a dollar, so sometimes you just have to replace that ceramic yeah. socket, you know, because this it just every, even, even though it all looks right. Yeah, this was but. like on like this was basically the junction box, the the yep. wire nut holding the fixtures yeah, wires loose. to the house wires had like mm. slipped off or whatever after forty mm. years. So I just I chucked those two and I put two new wire nuts on there and just got, put them on good and it's great. Um, and I'm about halfway through filming my next YouTube video, so <gasps> pretty wow. excited about that. Pretty excited mm -hmm. about that. Well, that cool. will tie us right into our topic. Go ahead, Phil. What's our topic? This week's topic <laughs> is Beyond Rustic. And uh, not only were we searching high and low for a topic, but um, we wanted to talk about something a little bit more nuts and bolts. And this is perfect because forever I've been talking about the fact that I am just so sick of like the rustic look, you know, especially when it comes through reclaimed. I'm like, I think we can graduate beyond this point. And I think the reason that rustic is so popular for reclaimed is that most of the time the wood is just sort of janky, right? So like it's not, it's not flat. It's not, it's not square. It's not true. None of those things, right? But when you could just fasten it down and you know you just sort of look at it and go yeah yeah it's meant to look like that it's rustic you know so it's kind of mm. like this band-aid cover-all solution to having to actually do fine woodworking um i think there's probably um thousands upon thousands of our listeners who are throwing their beer up in the air and just like in total shock right now so let's just say we're all playing a side here and phil's side is the um we call it the uh protagonist side anti-rustic side <laughs> anti-rustic no no I do like no no Bill's right I am the protagonist yeah, I don't no, know what that means so that was oh, a, it means hero, it means hero of the story I'm the hero of the story the no, lead you actor you are my hero you totally are my hero you didn't know that no, I do know that says the antagonist well no the <laughs> the daily text messages have certainly reinforced that but um, oh, yeah. uh, anyways it's my point of view it's my opinion that I think we can do better. Even with reclaimed material, we can, you know, start with three quarters of an inch and bring it down to five eighths, and that's just as good. Let's just square it up, true it up, mill it properly, 
and and create some beautiful stuff. It doesn't need to look like it was reclaimed for the impact of reclaimed to be um, what we want it to be, which is a substantial contribution to eliminating waste and to get well, the message out there. I, I can tell you one of the things I do to, to create that and to also tie in a little tiny bit of rustic with something that looks more uh, fancy, I don't know, more milled. Finished, refined. Finished. Okay, refined. So uh, we've talked about this before. One of the one of the easiest things to do is just, just finish your lumber. Take your reclaimed lumber and actually mill it down to where it's, you know, you, you might get rid of all the nail holes and stuff on there and just use the mm-hmm. solid. Well, what I have done um, in the past, really simple, is you take and do that. You know, get, try and make a really finished, simple, even a shaker-style desk, right? Just something simple that looks finished, and you put one piece in the middle that's a pallet board. See what I'm saying? So you that's still Tim's that. chauffeur thing. Well, it's one thing to just point out something that's flawed and, and, and make it, you know, not or like highlight that. But it's the other thing to build, like you just see this perfect shaker desk. It's a nice, you can even do dovetail drawers on it, whatever you want to do, make it look good. No, uh, no Craig Killer holes, you know, right? It's actually, do joinery, do everything. But still, right in the middle, you're going to use a piece of pallet wood that's, that's at least flattened out so it's level. But it just stands right out in the middle of that surface of the desk. I hear you. I think that's phenomenal. That, that is great. Yeah. That is the message or, of reclaimed without having to make something lodge looking. Right. Well, when you think about it, like, I'm, I'm picturing like a cabinet. So the entire cabinet is finished, and you open it up, and then the inside the doors is oh, the that's genius. I like that. So you I finish like finish one side of the door. So it's you, it's one board, right? And it's it looks like crap on both sides, but then you mill one side and put the inside. That's so you know. subtle that I love that. That's something yeah. you'd see like I know, at a high end restaurant or something. Yeah, or yeah, so somebody like, who was super lazy and just the only one to do half the job. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty common in building to not paint the underside. No, you know I'm what I mean? Just, I'm just teasing. I love that. I think that's <laughs> yeah. a genius, a genius thing. I mean, seriously, you have this nice looking piece on the outside. You open it up; it's a completely different look. Still beautiful, but just a different look. That's awesome. Well, I've done it the other way around, like right. um, because I do that. You know, a lot of times I'll do a plywood substrate. You know, right. for something because I'm making it out of really janky wood that doesn't have any structure, and so it'll be the other way around. You'll open it up, and the inside is all painted and finished and smooth, and then the mm-hmm. outside's all rough. And I don't know why I never thought of flipping that, right. you know, <laughs> till just now. So it's pretty clever. Well, you can't have the plywood on the outside; it would have to be like nicer wood, right? Oh no, obviously, yeah. But just just the the concept of the look, because I've definitely explored that. Like you said, it's like my chauffeur thing. It's but you know, but I think Bill just sort of triggered the idea, like, oh well, it could just be a small piece, and then then to do that on the inside, the hidden, the hidden pearl, you know. Yeah. Oh, I like it. I kind of like the idea yeah. of even taking some of that barn wood or whatever the pallet wood and turning it into almost like a veneer. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then yeah. skinning something else, like it's you know normally you would you would veneer with like really expensive burl or walnut or something crazy like that, right? But then this yeah. is the opposite. This is veneering. Well, that's, that's kind of been my my bread and butter for a while is basically doing that because, yeah. you know, I build these and a lot of times like a, a lot of those big rectangular coffee tables that I make and stuff, I make them out of the cedar fence boards that I have that have very little structure to begin with and they're only five eighths inches thick to begin with okay. and I slice those in half. Right. So now I'm down to basically a veneer, you know, and so what I'll right. do is I'll paint, I'll, I'll just black flat spray paint the plywood before I put the stuff down so in the crack the cracks and in the nail holes and you stuff don't you don't see. really see anything yet right. and you have to be a little careful putting the glue down to make sure it doesn't come up through the hole you know but uh yeah, yeah. see yeah. I've done the opposite to where you you um paint the 
paint the the substrate, the, the plywood, a bright color, a white or a color that's going to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. So you do see that color through the cracks and the knot holes and everything else, and it's really a pretty look to do that too. Yeah, if you take like a like maybe the the, the wall color in the room, if it, especially right. if it's like a bright color, and you have right. this dark wood and just these little, almost like the um, well, like the river tables where they put the dyed epoxy in. You know, that's clever. Similar concept. It is a good idea. So I, I think Phil, you're talking about using reclaimed materials and doing a really nice job, not not making it look rustic at all. I mean, that's one mm-hmm. of the ideas you're having, right? Is there you have any ideas about how to do that or? Well, I mean, it all comes down to milling and flattening, right? right? So that, so that it, it you you you're losing quote unquote the character of the reclaimed wood. But for me, and this goes back to one of the first videos I ever made, which was how to reclaim pallets in the first place. I showed in there how to mill. Uh, you know, I used a jointer and a planer, and I got all the way down. And I'm like, I am not interested in doing this for the look. I'm interested in doing it for the wood. So uh, that I still stand by that mission, and obviously I am also guilty of having done something uh, less than perfect and, and looking at it and going, yeah, it's, it's rustic. It's, it's what it's meant to look like. What, what, if, uh, what if we did something that you've been doing and Tim's been doing? Check this out. Look, how much do I love and pay attention to both of you guys? So Tim's been, taking, <laughs> Tim's been taking uh, hollow core doors, and he's been making a thin veneer. He's been gluing them side by side and creating this laminate look, right? Yeah. What if you took one of your tabletops that's not necessarily a, like a rustic pallet-looking, it's just solid wood, but it used to be a dining table. Square that off. Now you cut really thin strips out of that, and you use that to what you just said is like a veneer. So mm-hmm. now you're, you're reclaiming this tabletop, but you're making these thin strips similar to what Tim does with the hollow core doors. But instead of laminate, putting a laminated look, you're using it as a veneer. So you're, you're putting it side by side, gluing it to a substrate. No cracks in the middle. Everything fits perfect together. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I mean, people have done that. I've, I've seen that project a lot, right? Well, you'll take a plywood substrate and then you'll take like... I don't know, some walnut boards or whatever, right? And it's maybe three quarters of an inch thick and you just do slices, just constant right, right, right. slices, slices. And then and then you just sort of tack them down, glue them, tack chevron them down. Chevron patterns a lot yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. I yeah. hate chevron. It's, like, it's yeah. almost like a, a flooring, yeah, basically. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right. And you and you can do the, um, I got, what's the word, like a chamfer on the edge. So they can you can yeah. actually overlap them a little bit. So they, that way if they do oh, like shrink and warp. Yeah, it's not, um, not shiplap. I know what you're talking it's about. Not ship- no, it's I know what like you mean. You it's like clapboard. molding. Yeah, you're putting yeah. a 45 degree or a 60 degree angle on it, so they go over together. What that does is it eliminates any seeing through the crack to the substrate. Yeah, it's, it's the so there's no crack. gaps. Yeah, yeah. Because if one piece does shrink up a little bit in the middle, there's wood underneath it. So, you know. But it really shouldn't shrink. Something that thin. No, not not that thin. I wouldn't think. But well, it. No. What do we know? Though? If it's dry. Yeah, no, it, it'll sh- if it's wet, it'll shrink. I mean, if anything, it's going to curl up like a potato chip if it's sliced that thin because it can. It's, well, if it's I'm dry, not, it'll be fine. But I'm not saying you know. make a potato chip thin. You, you make it about, uh, I don't know, maybe 3 16th inch thick, right? Each one of those slices. That shouldn't go anywhere, especially if it's it's that, like a, it doesn't have that much pull. Like a russet, a russet chip, a real rustic russet potato chip. Yeah, like chip. a kettle. Yeah, <laughs> kettle, I like where this is going. Right, kettle chip. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I definitely like that look, and I will. When, what I like doing, uh, or what I'd like to do, is basically an offcut tabletop, right? So it's that, but like oh, yeah. all the offcuts that you have in your shop, right? And so oh yeah, yeah, I've done that with guitars, cutting boards, and stuff. I don't think I've done a full size table that way yet, but it's a lot of work. But, um, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of work. I, um, the uniform. Well, that's uh, right, right. That's one of the 
you know the keys to with the the reclaimed wood though is really is like just because you have like i mean i get these boards you know i'll get this barn board that's you know eight inches wide by 10 feet long and you look at it like oh that's great and then it's like well i can cut it in half and now i have a 16 inch wide table by you know but it doesn't have to be you can cut that into two inch strips you can cut into three inch strips you can cut all the bad stuff out and and you're also less likely to have curling problems and stuff like the narrow or the boards are you know mm-hmm. having those warping issues and this and that and it took me a little while to figure that out that i would like I, I have a board up in my shop i had a couple of them this from a guy's basement and they are about 10 feet long almost an inch thick like seven eighths and these a couple of them were like 21 inches wide like a wow. single solid board and so you look at it you're like oh this is a gold mine but it's like you, you go to start handling like uh, ooh, uh, you can't uh. then you realize like oh yeah if you cut it you're not gonna have these problems you know you want to save that single piece but that single piece is really fragile take that same piece and cut it up and glue it back together make it 18 inches wide and it's like way more stable you know yeah yep well you if you were in the middle better. you could send it through your planer if you wanted to yeah, exactly. I mean, you even just you rip it down the middle center of the planer and then glue it back together, and you've already got mm-hmm. a better board. That's not going to be exactly. like this like crooked, warped table. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I would. I think I did them three times, got two cuts. So I got like you know three seven-inch boards, you know, jointed them, put them back together. And the grain right. still looks the same. You know, I mean, it like it still looks like a solid board because it's the same. It was the same board. Right. Were you cutting? And then there was two like rings a, or whatever. Right, and there was like you know, and there was like maybe a part that was no good. So now that you you remove that part, and then mm-hmm. you can use the other parts, and you know, this this just remind everybody that reclaim does not mean it has to be pallet or barnwood. Um, reclaim could be brand new oak flooring that you bought at a thrift store. Somebody had some leftover. You know, what I mean, you're still reclaiming that material, so you don't even have to mill that because it's perfectly good milled, beautiful material. But you're reclaiming something that was meant for something else into something useful for you. I love that you said that. Because that was I the next point qu- I wanted to get to. Oh, yeah. Oh, so then ask it because I have a question about that. Go. Um, yeah, you asked ask your question. I just basically what he said is that that was what I was going to say. Oh, my, my question is specifically about that flooring because, you know, a lot of times it's like it's, it's like the factory finished flooring. It's got like mm-hmm. 13, you know, coats of whatever super hard. How do you how do you get that off without destroying your planer? You flip it over. And so you only use the one side, yeah. but the side with all the ridges and stuff, and you just plane that side down. Well, I mean, you can you can run it through the planer; it'll quickly take that factory finish off. But if you don't want to do that, just flip it over, and build your project because you, you know the flooring is usually what an eighth inch thick, quarter inch thick, if that. Oh no, mine's uh, thick. I've got like really. Yeah, it's like three three quarter inch around here. Yeah, like the real real flooring. Yeah, not the not the that oh, crappy no, right. fake stuff. Yeah. I do have a piece right here. As a matter of fact, yeah. you're right. It is pretty yeah. thick. So yeah, I mean. You can flip it over and plane that down flat because this does have the ridges for the glue, right? Yeah, yeah. But you lose you lose an eighth of an inch there in your thickness yeah. if you do that. Or, or, or if you just, just take just the finish off. Right, just run it through you the only planer, take that finish off, and now you've got a beautiful piece. Just take piece it off of, in your planer. What's the problem? Because I feel like that would really dull the blades. That's like some hardcore oh, yeah. hard no, finish. Wouldn't. No, it wouldn't. It's, it's no? finished, Phil. It's, it's, it's not even measurable how thick it is, right? Yeah. Okay. If you if you're if you're planing it off and well you know paint is pretty bad on your uh, on your because paint it gums is, it up. Yeah. Paint it's not is it's not dulling it though. It's just gumming it up. The finish. I mean maybe it dulls it, but I don't think it dulls it any more than the wood. Okay. You know? All right. Yeah. yeah. Just just run it off. You know. Should probably wear a mask while you do it to to just be the safety police because it is you know you're making the fine particles in the air while you do it. So. Okay. You should wear your safety glasses too and your. Hearing protection. And your hearing protection. I always wear the glasses and the hearing protection. That is yeah. 
I, I can't stand the planer. I won't even. I won't even get near that thing without something shoved in my ears, yeah. even if it's unplugged. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know what's funny though is that I mean I don't be as careful as I should with planer, but it's outside in the open driveway and it's just not as loud as it is when you put it in. Even if the garage door's indoors, open, you leave it in the garage. Yeah, the garage door screams. open. It's still so loud, but yeah, put it outside yeah. and it's so much different. So there's a there's there's a oh that'll be the tip of the week, right? If you're gonna use your planer, do it out in the open. Right. Ears. Why, why hurt your ears when you can hurt your entire neighborhood's ears? <laughs> Instead of hurting like yourself the way you a lot, hurt everybody a little bit. That yeah, well, that's, is democracy. The, that's right? the socialist <laughs> mantra. That's democracy. <laughs> but so wait, all no, hurt but together. Tim, but Tim has one of these new, uh, my millionaire friend Tim Sway over here has one of these uh, belt-driven dealies. I know. It's like, what, 18 inches right. wide, 24 inches? What is it? It's like 20, 36 it's inch a, wide. Yeah. It's it's 114 inches wide. No, it's uh, wow. it's 15 inches, 15 inches wide. And it's oh, 15 must be nice. It's on a cart, so I guess I could in theory wheel it out, but that ain't gonna happen. So so, but tell me honestly, how much quieter is it than the screamer? Running, it's much quieter, but running the wood through it is almost as loud. Yeah, like just it's just just the sound of the blades hitting the wood. It's just loud, you know. Okay. So hmm. yeah. So now I, I was a little. I was a little disappointed. I was hoping to be a little quieter, but I mean, I was going to wear hearing protection anyways, you know, yeah. but I was well, hoping to be like one of those, like if I just had one board to run through, I didn't have to grab the hearing protection, but yeah, it's too you loud. You do. For sure you do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just okay. count your blessings, buddy. Count your blessings. I do every day. I know you do. He gets to three and he's like, well, I'm done. <laughs> no. <laughs> See, um, Jimmy saw a big old planer and Tigwell. And the Good. kid. I'll take it. Yeah. Oh yeah. The kid. Don't forget. Oh, the other kid. Don't forget the other kid. Uh, all of it, all of it, yeah, gentlemen. Um, but yeah, the I think that what I wanted to say was a little bit different than what Bill's saying about the reclaimed flooring, but just that idea that yeah, reclaimed and rustic, like they don't have to be old. Like as I'm, you know, you said I'm doing with the doors right now. I mean, these doors are perfectly capable of, you know, if you're making stuff with a, they're perfectly capable of looking brand new. Like they're they and almost being do doors. Look new. Yeah, but they're capable of being other things, okay. uh, and you know, even like. Um, regular doors like there's and like your dining tables are my favorite too like dining tables i mean all that stuff if you run that stuff through the plane or whatever it's brand new wood there's not nail holes in the dining table you know it's all just brand new wood there's no reason for it to look reclaimed so there are reclaimed materials there are sources out there to get material that you can work with that's reclaimed that's not about being rustic because the the nicest barn wood in the world you know, no matter how much you square it all up and you make a table out of it, it still looks like a barnwood table, which is nice. It's just, you know, we're talking about the level of finish and finesse, but there's still nail holes in it and there's still age to it. Um, yeah, but you, like you the, can, the 80s can, dining table. You can still take that barnwood, though, not to contradict you because you are the king of knowledge when it comes to barnwood, um, but you can still take rustic material, pallet, barnwood, whatever. You can mill it down. You're wasting a lot of material, but you can oh, yeah, mill you it can, down to where it does not You can look get it rustic. to a pretty... You can get it to a pretty close place, but, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, where there's a... It, see, in my opinion, rustic isn't necessarily uneven and, and rough to the touch, you know, but, like, I've I made some, like, I'm thinking of this um, coffee nook table I made for this, like, hotel building or whatever, and I use this ancient hemlock, and I made these these um, bookshelves for them, too, and then the bookshelves I, I didn't plane. They were just, you know, like, boards. I basically wire brush them and put a bunch of water poly on them, you know, but then for this coffee nook table that I made them, I really leveled this thing, and uh, and there weren't any nail holes in it. The, these particular pieces of wood, and it was smooth to the touch. There was no rough edges. There was nothing about it that would make it look like reclaimed. But it was still rustic, just because it was hundred something year old hemlock. It just mm-hmm. new wood doesn't look like that. Right. You know, That's what I was gonna say. Old, also, old growth. 
that the barnwood a lot of the times is like well I always think of it as being like Doug fur or whatever it is but because it's and then what you really get to see is the is the tight grain right and like the hundreds of growth rings in it and that just you don't see that in new pine and even if it was even if you took two pieces of wood one is like one of these 150 year old slats of barnwood and a brand new I don't know whatever two by ten right you look at them you'd think they're totally different species of wood even though they're both Douglas fir right and so yeah. that's that's the difference also between reclaimed and new yeah yeah it is true and so there's like to me that's what you know the rustic quote unquote could be is just that the character of the wood and there are there's new species of wood like you know if you've got of course I'm going to draw a blank on anything right now but there's a lot of wood out there that has a lot of interesting grain and color and texture out there that you can buy new that will look rustic you know mm-hmm. because of because I think that's what people like a log like log cabin that's what they picture is like that woody grainy sort of stuff and so if you buy something like extra clear maple you know, new or old, it's not going to look rustic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> rustic does have a, a tendency. People imagine, I would think, more of the log furniture or the sticks. Like, Izzy Swan is the absolute genius yeah. of rustic. Look at some of his actual furniture that he's made. And he, has, he doesn't use reclaim for most of that. That's all no. just rustic. He uses rustic. actual trees. Right, but yeah, he, takes, he takes branches and twigs and, and he carves out little leaves and he makes a whole scene out of logs, basically. But those are two different looks, as far as I'm concerned. Um, one is rustic, and one is lodge. Like lodge is a look, and that really is sure. That's Izzy's wheelhouse. Is the lodge what, look? What is rustic then? Rustic would be like barnwood, right? Like that's really like. Is it, is like, it a style or a species? Uh, it's more of a style. I like, think it's like the, ru- like roughs on. Right, yeah. I mean, whereas yeah. lodge is more like bark still on it, son. Because I consider the <laughs> yeah. I consider the salon to be rustic looking, in some sense, but it's also I don't mm. know, it's tough. They had it had rustic elements, but I wouldn't yeah. if I walked in there, I wouldn't say this is a rustic salon. Like, no. Rustic is like if you if you think about like a, exactly what Tim's saying, like rough sawn boards. Okay. Because if you think of rustic, it's like more like a like a, a saloon from the old west, right? That's more rustic, whereas really like a hunting lodge. Is is Izzy's look right? right? If you picture like a buck right. head on the wall and like, you know, yeah. like sort of the Lincoln log kind of. Right. And they cross over. They they definitely cross sure. over. But there's crossover. From what I've seen of what Bill's doing, I mean, I would call that almost like chic, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, it was like modern. A chick did it, yeah. I used to be able what? to dance the chic. <laughs> I, I think it was a joke, and I didn't hear what you said. So. No, that's all right. You'll hear it on the on the vanity. Listen, <laughs> I don't uh, listen to this. <laughs> Listen to this junk. <laughs> I know you do. Nice try. Quality control. No, I, since, I, since I started editing, I, I don't anymore. That's so funny. Okay. I do like once a month. Like, I'll listen. And so Just I guess I'll have sure. to do this one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. To make sure that... Or I'll listen to like 10 minutes of it. But. Right. Okay. So what's something out of, out of our wheelhouse that we could actually make? We make certain things, all of us, right? We make furniture. Mm. What besides furniture or guitars, Tim? No guitars. Can you oh. make... That you take something that would otherwise be rustic looking, but you mill it, you finish it, whatever you got to do to it. What could you make that's not just furniture that would be beyond a rustic look? Well, you know the um, Wood Talk, this podcast that used to be on for a while? Their, I uh, their mantra. It. That was a long time ago. I know, I know. Yeah. Uh, what have you done for me lately? But, you know, the one of those cold opens that they have was uh, you know making making big pieces of wood smaller 
Right. And that's basically what woodworking is, right? It's always about you take a big piece of wood, you dimension it, you mill it, it's much smaller, then you cut it up into rough size, and then you cut it into final size, and then you do your shaping, and you really, you took a big piece of wood and you made it little. And so that's the way I see woodworking in general, but specifically with reclaimed, and especially when I don't want it to look reclaimed, I am taking a big piece of wood and I'm making it into something smaller. So chances are the stuff that I find that I'm, like for example, this desk, that it was this maple desk that I'd been, you know, I took apart and I've been using it as material for, I don't know, maybe six months now, a year now. It's always been about taking that and making it smaller. So this corner shelf that I just built on my video a couple of, couple of weeks ago, that's what it was. It was part of that and I just made it smaller and smaller and smaller until you, you really, you can't tell that it's reclaimed wood. Like there are no nail holes, it's just clear maple. That's all it is. Um, and so that's, that's really my approach to it. And I tried as best I could to make it a finished looking piece of quote furniture or display or whatever it was. Right. So, so that's been my approach is really to mill and make smaller until, um, but I find that it's probably very challenging to build large pieces of furniture from entirely reclaimed material because of, I guess you don't really see, uh, maybe Tim does because he's buying them from, from sources that specifically are harvesting this, but looking around the neighborhood in the you know garbage day I don't really find you know 20 inch wide boards that are 16 feet long that's just not a thing so most of my projects are smaller but that's beyond that's finding it on. that's buying it right yeah so, that's you, you got to go into the world of demolition for that and there are I mean there's never mind the places that I usually shop when I first started before you know, like before I made friends with urban Reiners and I don't even think they were open at the time um, I went to a place up way upstate and they the guy he had we drove around his yard in like uh like a forklift and and he was like pointing piles it's like that was a railroad trestle in north carolina and he's like and that was the the frame of a building from 1860 up in northern maine and he had like all this stuff and some of these beams like you know it's like eight by eights and eight by tens and yeah and uh you know and, and all these just like ridiculous i mean just you know thousands and thousands of pounds of them in this you know it, it wasn't a place for me to shop because the most i'm buying is like a you know 100 feet you know what i mean and he was like selling to like thousands. mills that would then yeah. yeah that would then they'd buy like okay we'll take the trussle and two of those 1850s you know mills and then they'd go make flooring out of it or whatever but um it's it's out there you know what i mean and then there's obviously on a smaller level there's people that just deconstruct houses and, and sell uh and you'll be surprised too if you spend some time on uh, Facebook Marketplace in your area, at least in my area. There's like, a, every once in a while, there's someone that's got like a barn that they're tearing down. They're just like, you know, you come take what you want. It's yours if you do the work. I think you that's know, a very happens. specific geographical thing. You have to be somewhere where there's a lot of 200-year-old barns, I guess. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, you, like, come come tear down my corrugated tin barn in the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, in the, in the Midwest, you know. But uh, You know what? You, you brought up a point that I think for me is the most important part of reclaimed and for me it's even more important than the environmental impact it's the story and i think that's the most oh, yeah. valuable part of reclaimed uh for me is i love being able to say what this was before what it is now right and, I, and that's I, mostly what the story is too you don't have to necessarily say it was a part of the ernestina but just being <laughs> able to say that well tim here's a good example of something you make um, you take the ebony keys off of a, a piano and you make those necklaces, right? So that just saying that this yeah, used to be yeah. a piano is a cool story, right? Yeah, and that's and also I use them for um, I use them for nuts on the guitar too, and so right. now it's like, well, here's a 
here's a this piece of wood's been making music for a hundred years. Now it's on your guitar. <laughs> nice. Like that. I think that means a lot, you know. For sure it does. Yeah. I remember I made a chessboard out of like right. hundred year old uh, or or whatever it was, like extinct um, oh, chestnut, chestnut. I, and yeah. I the the white part of the chessboard was was pecan from a seventy five year old kid's desk. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and these things, like you're basically kind of handing off a baton of something that would, you know, you're continuing its story, and I like I like mm. continuing the story. So uh, yeah. making and it, I, I was gonna say making it beyond rustic and and um, coming up with something that's not furniture because furniture does usually take larger pieces, so go smaller. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like like again, your chessboard, yeah. chess the jewelry, and, the chessboard, yeah. a beer tote. Here's something that I've done before that's really fun. It's a very very thin cutting board but you put a little clamp on the top and some people call that a clipboard but you make some really gorgeous looking clipboards that you can no, sell at craft shows and stuff out of reclaimed material that you can finish because you're only using very it's very thin it's not that big you can actually really finish the product you'd never know it was a pilot you'd never know it was yeah. a barn wood you never know it was a hollow core door but you can make a really cool looking clipboard um, to put in a box set with, you know, buy some paper, reclaim paper if you want to, and uh, make a stationary travel kit. You know, smaller items make way better or easier to do beyond rustic-looking things that yeah. you can use reclaimed materials with. Excellent point. I, uh, yeah. I coach my daughter's uh, soccer, and I have a co-coach who coaches with me or assistant coach or whatever, and uh, he really did not want to do it. He really needed to be talked into it. So... <laughs> I think as a gift, and I was—I've been thinking about this. I want to make him uh, a clipboard. Yeah. Uh, I think it's be really cool, but I need to get a, a rivet gun to do that. I think that would uh, be fun. Yes. Oh but yeah, that'd be the best way, probably. Yeah. You can you can buy all that stuff uh, on Amazon too in rivet. bulk. The clip the clip part of the clipboard. Yeah. 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 I was just and the rivet take guns like are a, not one expensive. Of the ch- I have one of these cheapy ones that I just grabbed from work that I would just steal right. the hardware from. Yeah, or and like that. It says staples on it. Yeah, you mean one you the, found right. out of the dumpster? Found. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, okay. yeah. The uh, the rivet guns are like fifteen bucks. That's not a yeah. big deal. Ten Pop bucks. Pop rivet, right? Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They they squeezy ones. Yeah, right. They're fun to have. They're useful. It's and one of those things like when things you, that are like sheet metal and plastic and CDs for whatever reason. As much as you're playing with your yeah. electronics yeah. now, you're gonna all of a sudden go, oh wait, I can mount that little circuit board. Oh, I can do this. Trust me, get a rivet gun, you'll find uses for it. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I will. You're right. I'll wait for uh, wait for a sale of Canadian Tire. I will do a. Actually, I will do a little buzz market. Um, I had one that I bought that was you know like a cheapo, mm-hmm. and I uh, had it for a long time and it eventually broke. And then I bought the Stanley. I'm saying a brand name. Uh, yellow handle, black, and it has the adjustable like because you can take the tips out for different size, yep. and uh, it is so much better than the cheap one I had. <laughs> Like so much better. Uh, so Are you saying Stanley because it's in Connecticut with you? Um, no, that's just happened because to be the one that I bought. Yeah, Stanley is so it was, common. The, a Stanley rivet gun is I know, it's so not common. Like, it's everywhere. Yeah, oh, yeah here we you, go. Can, you can find Stanley contractor it. grade riveter. Whoa. What was it like twenty bucks? Forty. Oh, that's too much. Don't buy that. Hang on. I'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> Forty Canadian. Canadian. You you're in Canada. Or your what? What's your um, Kamoji Mojo or whatever? Where you find all your Kijiji? Yeah, that one. Yeah. 
Let me see. This I, you is... know, I wouldn't trust somebody selling this a river is... gun on Kijiji unless it was like an estate sale. Like, why would you ever need to sell this? Like, how hard up for cash would you need to be to Here's sell the one a twenty dollars thing? So many people buy one because they're so cheap to use it once and it sits because and then, they need one. Yeah, and then it sits in the drawer. Yeah, and then they never use it again. Yeah, that's why you Here's buy the one, one on Kabuki. This is the one I have. I'm sending it to you in the chat, and it's uh, 7.47 on Zorro, which I never heard of. But Zorro sketch. It's the medium. It's the medium duty. I didn't get the heavy duty. <laughs> oh, okay. medium duty. Yeah, that's 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 for. So, yeah. Heavy duty is when you need like fire and like a sledgehammer, and you bang it. Fourteen dollars. Right? Mr. Thirty Three C. And what's this one? What's this one? That's in French what's too. So it's it's your language, buddy. So welcome to Reclaimed Audio, where Phil and Tim will shop for the home guns. shopping network. <laughs> That's right. Welcome uh, to QVC. This is not the same one. This is the MR one hundred CG. This one's <laughs> way better. That's uh, right. it's probably too good. All right. if, if you feel the need to compensate via your rivet gun, go ahead and spend forty bucks on it. That's fine. Let me tell you something, Tim. I don't need to compensate for anything with a rivet gun. Okay. <laughs> All right, fellas. Oh, how roll. about how about real quick? Each one of us, one thing you can make beyond rustic. Um, I feel like I've said stuff, but um, say more stuff. Let's end. Let's end with a bang. I'll give you a bang. Um, let me just see. Well, what do you? What do? You, how do you feel about this? Because, anyways, project in, electronic project enclosures made out of wood. I know that's not answering your question, but it's a question I have. Anyway, you asked us this last week, and we answered you. And yeah, we were saying, fine with it. Yeah, because you're worried about yeah. heat, and. Um, yeah. I don't think you're gonna build up enough heat to have to worry about it. Oh yeah, right. Okay. All right. Well, I feel good about that. So then, well, project that, enclosures. What? That well, that was the way that the the, the one other thing that I, I thought about for this topic too was that reclaimed, you know, getting beyond rustic doesn't just mean wood. It means like what you're doing right now, Phil. You're taking apart old radios and stuff, and, mm -hmm. and reclaiming the guts out of those things yeah. and doing stuff. So there's nothing rustic about that. You know what I mean? Right. Like that's. But it's reclaimed, and like the the latest um, instrument that I've been working on is made from acrylic, you know, reclaimed acrylic that was from a TV show, and it was there's nothing reclaimed about it. It was just happened to be someone was throwing it away, and so mm -hmm. it was it's reclaimed. It just kind of like like the wood floor that, but it doesn't have to be wood, like yes. you know, there's there's other materials reclaimed, and and I know like if you're a woodworker, working with metal can be a little intimidating. Um, it was for me before I started working with it until I realized that working with metal is exactly the same as working with wood. It's just a different tool, right? Or not, sometimes it's just a different attachment on the tool. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then that, I was like, oh, you can it sands the same way. If you if you push too much at one spot, you get a dent the same way. You know, it's like all these things about it are so similar. So don't be afraid to go out and and like metal isn't like you know the end of the world like it's like oh i can't you can totally do everything with metal that you can with wood for the most part except for have it split and give you splinters but you can't get cut right <laughs> and it will warp if you heat up one side too much but i was um yeah. i was actually i've been looking for bed frames because i've been wanting to make a diy break and uh, so i need some angle iron and i and i yep. know i'm gonna bump into some yep. some bed frame angle iron so i don't want to buy it also i'm cheap um yep. Just to be able to strong. bend some sheet metal. It's uh, hardened too, so it's good stuff to use. For, yeah, so I thought that would be that'd be a fun part. I saw the um, uh, Bob Claggett made one, uh, mm -hmm. not at, specifically out of whatever angle iron from beds, but I thought that was a good project to make sheet yep. metal enclosures for projects. 
So if, if you're going to make that beyond rustic, then what you would do is you'd actually cut it nice, you'd really sand it nice, you'd spray yeah. paint it nice or whatever. Mm -hmm. and actually, you know what I mean? Do it up. Make it look like yeah. it's, it's a nice tool on your bench. And then yeah. one idea I had is, is take something that you build that's rustic, because a lot of us make rustic stuff. Your whiskey boxes, Tim's coffee tables, anything, right? Take some metal, little pieces of metal, however big you want to make it, cut them out, sand them up nice and strong, and whether you do a, a nine volt etching or if you have a laser engraver or somehow, but make your own little plaque that would be your maker mark. You know how trophies have the little mm. plaque, you know? Yeah. 1969 best hair. Well, you can make your own maker mark. 3P Productions on a little piece of metal that will set that rustic looking piece of furniture. When they flip it over, they're gonna see, oh, look at that plaque right there. So a little maker mark mm. plaque. Like you that. can engrave brass right on your CNC. Yeah. Right? And brass, so you take a brass hinge, yep. right? And there you go, you have free brass, free from a discarded door hinge. Aluminum. Aluminum's you, really fun. I'm sure you guys can play with Yeah, the you can, CNC you can do aluminum on your CNC too. But yep. well, is just, it always brass when it's brass colored? No. Well, stick a, no, it's not, but you stick a magnet to it. If the magnet doesn't stick, it's brass. So. Well, it might okay. be, it yeah. might be, um, it might be tin, copper right? or it could be um, bronze too. Or zinc. Or yeah, if it's, yeah, if it's bronze. Or something oh. else soft, the CNC will be fine. If yeah. it's copper, yeah, fine that too. that could be a little hard. That's or, that's or, pretty hard. Or maybe maybe it's gold, Phil. Gold. It's probably gold. Which you'll, probably I think gold. you can see gold yeah. no problem. Yeah. Probably not a problem. Every every door hinge in your house is probably gold. So, guys, I gotta go. Bye. Yeah, but <laughs> brass is brass is commonly used in door hinges and door knobs. And here's another right. little known fact about brass: brass is naturally antiseptic. So when you, you're skeezed out about touching doorknobs, if they're brass, there's going to be less germs on them because the brass will actually, the way the metal it interacts it's with the germs. Yeah. I thought that, that was copper. Has, yeah. That has got to be where we end this podcast. That is the, like, that's life-saving tips right there. But, you know, and it bugs me, though, because most, they don't use brass anymore. Like, everybody uses, like, these, you know, nickel-plated, you know, in chrome and stuff in like public yeah. restrooms and like, is it antimicrobial like, because it actually kills germs or it just doesn't get the germs in the first place it has these uh, sharp surfaces if you look down microscopically the surface of this metal is kind of like jagged okay. and so it bursts the the bacteria something like that <laughs> it's exactly like that <laughs> I, I might have to look that up yeah, go ahead go ahead look that yeah. up how often have, you, I, been, you, have I been wrong Literally never. Well, until just now when you said yeah, that. Literally <laughs> never. No, so it's germs I don't know. land. It's like a bad, like um, you know, like jet landing on the runway with 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 a file, a runway made of file material, and they had burst. You know, that's the exact example I was going to give. Yeah. yeah. More more proof. You have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to relate to Bill. Why do you have to ruin it? <laughs> yeah. The other. The other thing I heard that was interesting is uh, stainless steel. Um, so that that was discovered by mistake. It was a, a guy was you know a metalsmith. He's he's working on metal and he had the pile out back where he threw all his mistakes that he would melt down again in the future or whatever. And so he, and he, he's looking at his pile one day and he notices this one piece isn't rusty. He's like, what the heck? And it was and so he went he remembered the project and he figured out and he micro you know reverse engineered his way into coming up with stainless steel and so it's um the chromium that's in there or whatever uh every time it gets wet the stainless steel gets wet you know what happens is you know with iron and ferrous metals the water goes into the metal and then it you know it rusts it interacts mm -hmm. with the iron and it rusts and so what happens with the the chrome that's inside the stainless steel the way it, the way it's mixes every time it gets wet 
this the element the the chromium rushes to the surface and expends ex pushes the water out so every, every time you dip your spoon in your mouth or the water whatever as soon as you do that all the the metal just like rushes to the top and is like pushing the water back out and that's why it never rusts because it's like chemically just like literally so people talk about uh the, like the, when you have the guests come over you're like oh we'll use the silver like the fine china man to me like chrome is the fine china right like that's like the that's like the science stuff going on there it's super amazing I don't think anybody takes out the silver anymore. Certainly not for me. <laughs> well, you know that my, my, my real last name is Vanderbilt, right? Yes. I thought I saw you on CNN <laughs> the other night. Turns out yeah. it was actually just... See, I, I Revere. Thought, I thought Revere. It was... It's Tim Sway Revere Vanderbilt. I don't know. What's his I... name on uh, with the white the hair fourth. on oh, CNN? Um, what's his... Uh, Anderson uh, Cooper. Cooper, yeah. His mother, yeah, his mother was a Vanderbilt. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, Gloria, he doesn't need he doesn't need the CNN gig. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that's, but Tim, that's, aren't that's you a Vance built? Not a Vanderbilt, Vance built, right? Vance built. Vance are built. Vance. Yeah. Okay, that's enough of that. Okay, goodbye. Um, here we go. Uh, iTunes review review. Go ahead, Bill. All right, well, let's check this out. So this is um, from Musical Wood. Practice makes perfect. Five star review. So I started to listen to this podcast, expecting it to help me as a woodworker. What I did not expect is that it would help me with my day job. I am a band director, and the thing I struggle with the most is getting my students to practice. Well, this podcast is a great example of how playing something once a week, like a trumpet fanfare, for example, over the course of years will not get any better. Hey, all joking aside, this podcast is a wealth of comedy with a little bit of woodworking sprinkled in on occasion. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Musical Wood. I don't know. I don't know. There's a certain rustic charm to that. Um, <laughs> can we take it a little beyond that, though? Would that be all right? Can we try that? No, nah, I don't think we could finish it up. Uh, Weekly tip segment. We already had a bunch of tips this week, but go ahead, Phil. No, nah, no, you're right. Fast forward. What <laughs> grabbed your attention, would you say? Let's go to uh, Tim this week. What grabbed your attention? Okay, I have... I don't have something to say that grabbed my attention that's like a media thing. I had a little, very short anecdote that I wanted to mention from when we were on vacation. On our, our last day there, we, we were kind of down by the port area and um, getting ice cream or whatever for the kids. And um, there's a bunch of motorcycles there. And uh, like a motorcycle gang, you know, whatever you want to call them. And, and uh, so Vance is like looking at, you know, a bunch of Harleys club and um so vance is like looking at all these harleys and one of them was a three-wheeler you know with the two in the back and he had never seen one before he'd seen the spiders where they have the two in the front mm -hmm. and so i was like tell he's like wow i've never seen one like that before he's like guys oh, like oh that's like the original they've been doing this a lot longer like you know the guys started making them themselves that were handicapped after the war and kind of telling him a little bit about the motorcycles and this biker guy walks up and he goes you want to try it out son he's like hop on and uh and he's like you know your dad can take a picture of you and so i'm like okay so vance hops on and, uh, and so he's sitting on this thing, he's checking it out, and the guy goes, he pulls his helmet off, he puts it on the, Vance's head, and Vance is like, you know, pretending he's riding the bike, having a blast, we're talking <laughs> motorcycles, all the guys come around, their wives come around, we're all talking, having a great time talking for like 10 minutes, and then, you know, they're back, hitting the road, they're going back out, see you later guys, you know, they head out in their way. So that happens. Uh, you know, an hour or so later, we're driving home, we're merging onto the, the highway, and there's this beautiful Ferrari in front of us, and... Um, and Vance is like super into cars and motorcycles and stuff, super into them. And so we're like, oh, look at that Ferrari, you know. And, and so we get up to the two lanes and, and my 
my wife goes, she's driving, and uh, and so we're like, you know, we'll go pass him out so we can check it out. And so we go and we pull up next to the guy. And so Vance, we were like, wave to him, you know, and so Vance is waving his full head off, just waving at this guy driving this Ferrari, like waving and smiling, so excited to see this Ferrari. Guy wouldn't give any of us the time of day. Right. And I just thought that was a pretty interesting in uh, sort of the, the, the Harley versus Ferrari is what I wrote down in my notes here, like of the people. And I just thought that was pretty interesting, you know. Hmm. And not that I'm saying anything bad about my Vanderbilt family. I'm just, I just wanted to read that. Yeah, don't story. forget where you come from, Sway. <laughs> I just I just thought that was very telling and uh, and that was my that was what caught my attention this week as we call this segment. We don't know what was going on in that Ferrari guy's mind. He could have been on his way to the hospital because his mother was dying. Oh, that's that's absolutely true and I'm the one that says that as you know. <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, but uh I don't think he was. <laughs> he, he may not have been. I just like to stick up for the little guy. You know, the poor Ferrari drivers <laughs> the out poor there. poor Ferrari are the, the underserved. That's right. You know, Ferrari owners. Well, nobody ever sticks up for these guys. I want to stick up for the little guy. Just kidding. Screw that guy. Um, so, <laughs> uh, what grabbed my attention this week? What grabbed my attention this week is, I forgot to ask Bill. Bill, what grabbed your attention this week? Well, I, I can almost tell a very uh, symbiotic uh, tale, as Tim did. Nope. Um, no, I could. Uh, okay. Tim, the way you're talking about with with the Harley guys and the Ferrari guy is another example of how community is pretty wonderful. Whether you're going to the Makerverse or the Spiderverse or Harley World or you know whatever, uh, when you get a bunch of people together that all have passion for something they love, it usually spills out over into good vibes. So, I want to talk about our community real quick. Um, so last week our topic, uh, I I was chosen to uh, be the naysayer of CNC World and how that's not really making. So I got I got a few I got a few people explaining to me how I was wrong, but what I did get, yeah. I know what I did get though is our buddy Brian Lane, uh, Wooden Creations, um, just what a community. So he's like Bill, dude, if you want to get a CNC, I got. It's one I got. It's from Bob CNC. He's part of our maker community. Uh, let me hook you up with him. And, and if you're interested, man, we could probably get something going on. You mentioned him on the podcast or whatever, right? Make a couple of videos. And I'm like, yeah, that might be something. I said, I don't know about right now. And really, it's because I just don't have room for CNC. I don't have a lot of interest. But I thought that was lovely. Five minutes later, they're dude, small. I just, so- the, well, they're, they're not, they're, they, uh, competitive with the X carve in the big X carve. Okay. So it's it's okay. it's it's a darn That's cool. Big. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. it's this guy cuts it all out. It's like a snap together wooden thing, but it's pretty neat if you check out Bob CNC. But and I and again I declined. But, but before I can even finish that, he called. Hey, I just talked to Bob and he wants you to get a hold of him. You guys can work something. I'm like, no, no, no. I appreciate that. I just don't know what I do right now. But that's the, our community, right? That's. Him listening to the podcast, knowing I got to be kidding about CNCs. I've talked about it, I might be interested in it or not, but he's, he's trying to set something up. And another guy in our community I'd like to mention that does the same thing, who I love, is Dave Gatton, uh, Gatton CNC. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. every morning, he's the first guy to say good morning when I post my pictures. And I'm, I'm doing this at usually 6 a.m., and Dave's up somewhere in um, the netherworld or Georgia or so, I don't know. But uh, Netherworld. I don't know. I don't know who's who's got something musical going on yeah. right now. Oh, why, that's a, why I do you have truck a truck outside my house? Okay, yeah. I thought maybe it was I, like I knew a it washer was being done or something. Anyway, um, uh, Dave's been out there. Check him out. Go ahead, Tim. Um, uh, finish. I just I have another quick story to tell after you're, you're done. Okay. Well, th- then another part of our community that I'd like to give some shout outs to Matt Cremona got a heck of a write up in his local magazine, Twin Cities something. Uh, Matt's just 
he's a superstar, and yep. I can I can post mm. on there, hey, congrats, Matt, you know, blah blah blah. But I think your cameraman's pretty shady looking because he was actually the guy in the picture holding the camera, and he responds, ha ha ha, ha. you know, I, I love that. April yeah. Wilkerson uh, just hit a million subscribers and got her golden YouTube button or whatever it is, and I followed both of these guys from how long ago. In fact, anyway. Uh, the last hmm. thing, the last community thing, uh, my ex-wife, Heidi, I love you, and I love Duke, her husband, they let me have Aspen for a week last week, and I just, I can't believe the relationship I have now with these people. So, I'm a blessed human being, doubly so, because I'm on this podcast with the two greatest people in the world. So, Phil, go ahead. Don't you forget to, it. Go ahead and continue on with this love fest. Go ahead, Phil. <laughs> or do something else. Go ahead. Uh-huh. I think we should add a new segment to the podcast, and it's going to be called. Are you listening? It's I'm called listening. Bill's Community Minute, and you just bring up yeah. highlights from the community of that week. Oh, we might have to a, write that down. You know what? It's not a bad idea because it would rain him in too. He'd have one minute. Correct. <laughs> but that's not a bad idea because yeah. he loves to do that. Right. If, the news if and the minute can be interpretive, I can do that. No, it's hard and fast. Um, here we go. <clears throat> Uh, I, well, I don't know. I guess what really grabbed my attention was that uh, pay attention to the... Like, if something's been bugging you for seven years, say that you've been living at the house, uh, just take the ten minutes and rip the stupid plants out of the ground and <laughs> plant new ones that you prefer. You know what I mean? Like, Kind of like the fresh eyes thing that we were talking about before. Like, I've been looking at this thing for seven years, knowing that it wouldn't take much to fix. The address that the Uber driver complains about every single time that he picks me up from the airport, I couldn't find your house... You know what I mean? Like, it took me all of 10 minutes to shine the, this brass back up again. So, take a minute. If something's broken, fix it. That's what we're all about. The more you do yeah. around your house and the more um, you seem more comfortable with it, the more you're going to see that you can do. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No yeah. question. And and take it in stride, too. Like, you don't have to get it all done this weekend. Like, that's the other thing. Like, you know, you'll burn out if bit. you try to do it all. Yeah. A little bit at a time. But. Yeah, it's like um, I, I told I my wife I'd get it done. She doesn't have to ask me every six months. But um, yeah. But I just want to tell a quick story because of Bill's ice cream truck that's out the window. <laughs> so oh we we we're at the these you know we we're staying in a cottage, so it's like a little cottage you know community. There's a whole bunch mm-hmm. of these little you know kind of buildings all together, and and the ice cream truck drives through there every night. You know, um, so Vance and and his cousin are his cousin lives in the area was he came and spent the days with us and so they were outside playing and, and Vance set up a um, a little restaurant quote unquote on our front porch and um, and he goes oh we could sell ice cream or whatever and you know it's, they're playing and um, so he he asks if he can borrow my phone and he pulls up ice cream truck music on YouTube and starts playing it through <laughs> my phone and it sounds just like an ice cream truck. And, yeah. I, and I'm laughing, and I'm like, I'm like, Vance, you better turn that off, or the kids are, in the neighborhood are going to think there's an ice cream truck, and they come looking for it. Yeah. So he turns it up. <laughs> he turns it up. That's how and I then I, he, he lets it go for a minute, and then he turns it off, and he gives me my phone back. And sure enough, they're like sharks coming to the jump in the water. All these kids That's are riding up and down the street, and they were angry. <laughs> <laughs> what a prank. It was so funny. Oh, my God. I was so proud of him. <laughs> I now feel like driving up and down the street tomorrow. Blasting this music, I might do it myself in my little white truck. That's <laughs> Too fun. We actually have one that drives around our neighborhood, but it's not an ice cream truck. It's one of those knife sharpening trucks, and it's like the world's biggest disappointment. 
That's creepy wow. too for a kid, right? I, no, I've yeah. seen the, I've seen knife sharpening services that, but not playing ice cream truck music. No, but it's like the bells or whatever. It's just bells that they ring or whatever. But like, I don't know. You see a truck driver in the neighborhood with bells ringing, like it, knife sharpening, knife sharp. I guess I don't know whatever they're doing. You know, I saw creepy like, the other day, and I hate it when they come up to my house. But the steak guy, the guy that runs around with all the meat in the back of the truck, the freezer. Yeah. You know, yeah. American, American, hundred percent pure beef, and knocks on the door. Hey, I, you want to get some good deal on steaks? No, go away from me. I don't buy steaks off the street, pal. Yeah, yeah. yeah that is weird. Yeah, that is, is weird. Yeah, I, my my dad used to buy those steaks though once in a while. Oh no, that scares me. Yeah, no, it's creepy. I get. Um, our channels and stuff: ironandsoul.com, williamlutz.com, timsway.net, newperspectivesmusic.com. Contact us for show topics, suggestions, feedback, all that good stuff. We love hearing from you guys. Info at reclaimedaudiopodcast.com or hit us up on Twitter at reclaimedaudio. On iTunes, leave us them reviews. On Patreon, patreon.com slash reclaimedaudio. For as little as $1, you get access to the pre-show and the, uh, the brilliance of how we come up with the topics week in, week out. I think you would be astounded to hear it. The months of research that we do for each one. Mm. Plus, you get to meet all the behind-the-scenes producers and the, the whole team yeah. that we have, the writers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't yeah. talk about those people on the main show because <laughs> we don't like to give credit where it's due. But yeah. Yeah. Kevin in the, the pre-show... Kevin the gaff guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the key grip yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah. yeah, man, that team. Whew. Post-production. I'm kind Amazing. of upset you just mentioned his name. But anyways, um, that's all I got this week. Thanks, everybody, and I guess you'll hear from us next. Bye, everybody. Next week. Next week. Yeah. That's how okay. That goes. Be good. Yep. You still talking? Mm-mm. Nope. Mm-mm. Nope. Yep. All right.